You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shock blew up. Her mother makes all of her outfits, kind of like Dance Moms meets the Ice Capades. Hey, Caitlin. Chris, how are you? Good. Uh, you went to Wimbledon. Your your jet set lifestyle. You know, my jet set lifestyle continues. I was in Wimbledon for about forty eight hours. Okay. Great. And you saw a good sort of uh, below the line uh, matches. I saw. So I was there for a couple of days. I was doing some racket stuff. I did a an illegal gorilla tennis court with these crazy men from munich uh we had some racket events i had some meetings but i got a ticket to the first day a grounds pass ticket which was only worth about 25 pounds which is awesome because it wow. means like any anybody can afford this thing if they just kind of figure out a way to get there right. i didn't have to queue thankfully because somebody gave it to me but i didn't know they were going to so it was kind of like oh bonus um and like it was the first day but it was so so easy to find amazing matches because i know enough to know who's going to be like you know providing some fireworks Fun. and yeah. i found you know, from the minute that the matches started at around 11.30 a.m. to like 6, 7. I mean, I could have stayed a couple more hours because it, it stays late in London this time of year pretty late. But uh, I left around 6.30 because I had to go to an event. I was actually late to our own event because I was I like couldn't peel myself off the court yeah, of an sure. incredible three-setter. So I saw like three great matches, um, and it kind of set the tone for me watching this tournament, um, which at times I've watched like on TV now that I'm back. But a lot of it I'm just like keeping up with scores for the matches that like I care about, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I think your opinion of being there is interesting because I found the tournament to be like pretty chalky, at least mm. at at least at the top. But I think it's interesting that when you actually go, you see the matches that are uh, that are that are good that we're not seeing on television. Yeah, and I think this is kind of like a perennial problem with tennis in particular, which is like you get a draw, it's a huge tournament, you make your schedule ahead of time, and you're like, well, we gotta have Federer. Like, what are we going to do if we don't put Venus Williams on television? It's like, yeah, obviously, like, you want the fans, especially in, like, other time zones, to be able to see these players who are recognizable. On the other hand, none of those players are usually, unless they have, like, a shock upset, involved in matches that are interesting, right? Right. And so, you know, when you go to Wimbledon in particular, this is true of um, the US Open, too. I've never been to the other two majors, but, like, you know, if you go to these big tournaments, it it's more obviously expensive and di- more difficult to get tickets to the to big show courts. So you end up getting grounds pass tickets, which to me is like awesome because it means I can go out and find matches that are more competitive, maybe with people who, you know, won't merit television coverage, but are scrapping and fighting away because this is like super meaningful for them. And so yeah. to me, that's like so much better of an experience, especially early in the tournament, um, you know, and it's worth, and I do this for friends all the time, just like, hey, just if you're going to go, here's like the three things to see because this guy's coming off of this and this guy's like got to fight and scrap and this is not a surface, but like he had a couple wins so he's confident you know like i really do like giving my friends like some background because i feel like it helps them be like oh cool tennis is awesome especially when you watch like a fucking gladiatorial combat so let me tell you about the matches i saw because they were incredible are you ready go okay so the first uh match i stopped by and this is going to sound familiar to anybody who listened to our um our commentary a couple of weeks ago was i watched benoit pair (laughs) 
the, in all of his bearded magnificence. Yep. He is damn handsome in person. I have to tell you. Holy Wait, so, moly. So, so I like how like you're, you're like, you know, like as a fan, I know, <laughs> I know what the good matches are. Like I know the indie label matches and then it's like, who's hot. handsome? <laughs> <laughs> who's hot? Yeah. So I watched Ben Harper because one of the reasons I, I wanted to watch him is because he's like, uh, he's got to be like six four. He dress, dresses really well, but more importantly than what we we're just talking about, even though that is very important to me, um, is that he is like kind of famously like a hothead, and he can barely keep it together on the court. He yeah. has more mood swings in one like ninety to one hundred and twenty minute match than like an Italian opera. Wow! Like smashing rackets, <laughs> celebrating. Like he's just all over the place. So I kind of knew like it would be an entertaining match to watch and he played this guy Roberto Dutra Silva who is a Brazilian clay court grinder had a lot of success in particular this year so I kind of knew it was going to be a, a big match and what's interesting about all the um a lot of the South American players I have learned from a couple of years of going to tournaments is they usually roll deep so I sat with all these Brazilian guys who were all his coaching staff so he kept looking over and they were like yeah, you know, encouraging him on the, awesome. the match went four sets, which obviously it's best of five. Right. But it was like a pretty closely contested match, not least of which because Benoit Paris is kind of a head case. Yeah. So it was just like super fun <laughs> to be like in the box of the player and they're looking over and getting like encouraged to challenge the calls and like getting encouragement and like scowling when things don't go well. It's just yeah. like, oh, man, yeah. there's nothing like being right there. And it was like it, it lived up to expectation. Um, plus, like the ha- handsomeness factor on the part of Benoit Paris, right. like I mentioned. Okay, so then... <laughs> yes, I, you have. Yeah, more than once. Yes. But go on. <laughs> uh, sorry to get creepy. Yeah. Uh, then I wandered over to a guaranteed blockbuster, and it did not disappoint, between Italian Camilla Giorgi, who kind of famously has like crazy parents. Her dad, I think, is her coach, long, silver-haired, mad genius type of guy. And her mother makes all of her outfits, kind of like Dance Moms meets the Ice Capades. <laughs> But she's like wiry and ferocious and like kind of known around the tour as being a bit of a bee. So yeah. she was playing Alizé Cornet, who is yeah. also a bee, right. who is the French woman. <laughs> it did not disappoint. She speaks French, obviously, because she's French. This is Cornet I'm talking about. But she also yeah. says Bamos kind of famously. Awesome. And she got into it with Sarah Ronnie, which is something we talked about. Sarah yeah. Ronnie like, a couple years ago was like, why you say Bamos? And then they had this whole beef. So Alice Cornet like is you know ruffles feathers and she screams in a couple of different languages and Camilla Giorgi is kind of like Italian ice queen and these two were having this battle and it was so awesome and then yeah. guess who sits next to me in the second set Mary Pierce wow she of French Open winning fame but also yep. was an American with a real dick father right. kind of famously and also is a French citizen yes. who I believe now is super religious. D- follows yeah. one of those speaking in tongue religions and lives in Mauritius. Yeah. Yes, yep. that is true. That is true. Very interesting person. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So p- put that together. I yep. don't know what to say about that. But anyway, she sat down next to me. She was like pretty nice. I mean, we didn't talk or anything, um, except for when she accidentally bought me on the head because she got excited about an Alizé Cornet winner and then apologized awesome. okay. and then asked me to save a seat for a friend of hers. And I said, of course. Yeah. You were um, like, she was like, I'm so sorry. You were like, anytime. You can buy me the head anytime, Mary Pierce. Anytime, Mary Pierce. Yeah. P.S. Like, invite me to your weird church in Mauritius. Also, what about Roberto Alomar? Why did he spit but, on that up? Right. <laughs> I have deep so cut, many questions. But like, you know, that deep, was a famous, <laughs> famous romance of Mary Pierce's. Yeah. Anyway, that was cool. 
what was incredibly cool about it was Mary Pierce. I kind of always thought maybe I'm alone in this and I don't mean to be a jerk, but like, I kind of always thought that was like a little bit fake that she was really French. Huh? Really? Did you ever think yeah. that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about her background and she gave the, her, her like, uh, winning, uh, speech in French, right? Yes, at, she did. At, to her at, credit. At the French. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I feel like, that's enough to to be like cool all right yeah i mean look i'm technically canadian but i really hype it up if right. we're honest <laughs> you know we're friends so i can just be really yeah. honest about it i mean i have a canadian passport yeah. i was born there i lived there for 10 years but right you know and montreal which is like a legit different different kind of place as somebody who does that i was pleasantly surprised that mary pierce is not a poser at all and she was holding her own with all these french tennis federation people just joking and kind of talking some smack oh, about cool. both players yeah. in a way that was like funny and really engaged she was great it was yeah. fantastic and it you know from what I, my french is not fantastic but from what i can understand it was just super super cool so that was yeah. another barn burner match it was intense the parents kind of got into it there was cheering georgie took it in a third set and then in the next round faced off against yelena osipenko who won the french open who's also known as a bit of a b and camilla georgie's dad got into it uh, with Yelena Osipenko, the player, because he was coughing during her service motion. Wow. You know, imagine you're there on the court, listen to some dad coughing during one of these players' yeah. service motion, then she comes to the Empire. Not anything you'd get by watching ESPN Center Court. Nope, 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 nope. This is great. Right? This is, this is great stuff. This is a yeah, day. Like, sure. I didn't even, you know, then I got a PIMS because I was like, well, I'm here. Got a PIMS, yeah. made my way over to Court 12, <laughs> where I saw a couple years ago Lee Na play curse up yeah. a blue streak which i kind of yeah. speak chinese so i kind of understood as we've talked about before which is also awesome right. um and then right. sat down uh to watch my girl petko and watch yeah. andrea pekovic who is the best uh yeah. and super fun to watch uh play against dominica sobokova ended yeah. up going three sets dominica took it nine seven in the third it was just like amazing i think that actually yeah. did make some espn highlights because at seven all it was intense oh yeah, nine seven in the third is like all you want. That's all. That's all you can ask. Yeah, it was just yeah. like a slugfest. So you know, if you go early in these tournaments and you're just looking for like, oh, Roger Federer cruised against another chump. Yeah, there's Rafa. He <laughs> hasn't looked. You know, and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's not actually that interesting. I wish they would show and therefore build up some of the sort of secondary tertiary characters because. You know, it's like tennis is actually the draw, at least for me. It's like you go to a baseball game and you don't see, you know, your power slugger hitting a home run every inning and you get pissed. It's like, no, 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 right. like appreciate the thing. Here we are. We're in the ballpark. Yeah. Look at the pitcher. Look how efficient the infield is. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. this sport hasn't done itself any favors by just making it about, is it going to be another inexorable march to victory for one of these names that you know? Exactly. Well, and and it's a little bit like they are because the top men have been like the top men for so so long it's sort of like yep uh, let's just check check in in week two you know what yeah I mean? and actually i was watching esp this morning this is uh middle sunday that we're we're talking which is famously uh a day that they don't play most majors just play continuously but wimbledon because it's right. old and traditional takes a day off and i was actually watching yep. espn this morning th hoping that they would just put together some like t best 20 shots of the of Wimbledon so far because I haven't seen all yeah. the matches um, and instead it was let's check on check in on the big four and figure yeah. out why nobody else has basically won any of the majors since they started competing in 2004 and they went right. from interview to interview Novak Djokovic Rafa Nadal Roger Federer Andy Murray and literally all of them said I am not sure 
And I was like, really? There's a reason I'm not yeah. watching like hot shots from all around the grounds yeah. from like oh, players I've never heard of, yeah. like Dustin Brown hitting tweener. You know, like, why aren't we watching that right. instead of like some boring press conference where Novak Djokovic can't explain why nobody else is very good. Right. 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 Because like he can't say because no one else is very good. Right. Right. Or right. you could say, because I'm awesome, which again is also true, yeah. but boring. So it's like, come on, exactly. do better, Jonas. Right. And it just feels like, like, why do they always win? Because they're really good athletes who are mentally tough. Yeah. Like, really boring. <laughs> I answer. feel like that's pretty much it. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Totally. Okay. Well, anyway, for your um, sake, I yeah. hope that the second week provides more uh, drama. And I suspect it will. Yeah. Totally. And. Um, I was reading that Venus is the only uh, former winner in the draw right now, which is just shows you how wide open this is. Oh, that's a great, which is a great, a great match. match. Like that could be a final. Honestly, yeah. the Dominica Sibokova yeah. Andre Pekovic match, I would have could have been a final. Truly, yeah, like high wow. quality tennis. All of Slovakia was there. Yeah. doing like that would have been an unexpected final. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm like pretty pumped for it. Um, did you see that Kim Kleisters called out Azarenka for coaching? No. What? Uh, for Ill- illegal coaching. Yeah, she said that Michael Joyce was giving her, during the match, illegal advice on her forehand. Which is probably true. Well, I mean, as Azarenka was like, I don't even look at my box that much. And, like, this is this is crazy. Um, Kleisters? But I was, I mean, exactly. Like, I, I, like my, I didn't think Kleisters, like, hen, sure. I oh yeah, saying that. But I, I was like, a I mean, little I love the shit out of Jesse Hannon, but everybody knows she's yeah. like a poor sport. Right. I mean, she's. I mean, she's. She was great, and the one hand backhand never been amazing. better. But yeah, no, not a good yeah. sport. Not winning any sportsmanship right. awards, huh? Nope. Well, you know, this is kind of related. Somebody was uh, pitching me a story for Racket talking about how I guess when John McEnroe was commentating on the Milos Raonic final, because at the time uh-huh. he was coaching Milos Raonic, he was like right. in between commercial breaks texting Carlos Moya, who was also at the time one of Milos's coaches, advice. Like literally yeah, during the broadcast, so it's like, come on, guys, fix this, you know? Yeah, that is so so weird. Um, yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, this yeah. is such a weird thing with tennis because technically you're not supposed to coach. However, on the WTA tour, the women's tour, at non Grand Slam events, you can coach on court, but you have to like have to request yeah. it. And like, there's actually a bit of a schism. Djokovic thinks there should be on court coaching. Um, and yeah. I think Federer or maybe it's Murray, one of the other big four says they shouldn't. And I actually agree totally with Djokovic. It's like tennis is hard enough. Playing against an opponent is hard enough. Playing against yourself is even harder, truly. Right. And then you've got yeah. all these other factors like rain. Well, if there's a rain delay, you're obviously going to go talk to your coach. So then you do get coaching in the middle of a match. Or like yeah. maybe it's uh, the crowd's rowdy and shouting stuff. You know, it's just like just let them – like what's – what harm will come from them being reminded to do something and they still you know they still have to execute it you know what i mean totally and like on top of that even like what's going to give us like the highest quality completely agree that should be that that should be the yeah like do you want somebody losing because they like couldn't figure out the right strategy you if you say that it's because you have not played competitive tennis because it is lonely out there and it is hard and even if you start the match with the right intentions and strategy things can go sideways on you and you know at the end of the day like yeah you want to play the best tennis and you want to have fans seeing the best tennis 
which I think comes from right. just a little bit of coaching. Yeah. I, totally I think it'd agree. be smart. Um, one more thing is uh, on the Bill Simmons podcast, he had McEnroe on and, um, and it was a lot about McEnroe talking about his own career, which was like a little sad because he talked about how when he sees Federer is loving it, um, it reminds him that he didn't love mm. it enough. I mean, in so many words, he, 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 he said that, which is not, I guess not surprising, but also, but also mm-hmm. kind of sad. Also that the like the, the emptiness he felt when Borg retired, which I thought was really interesting. Um, also clear, he still doesn't like Jimmy Connors. Yeah. I mean, nobody. No does, I don't I think anybody likes but, Jimmy um, Connors. Um, <laughs> but he he had kind of an interesting point, which I bet you agree with, which is that uh, because players are playing longer in, into their thirties and are very competitive, that there should be a move, at least for some players, back towards playing in college. Yeah. Um, because and his 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 thing was like, look at Steve Johnson, like he's limited, but he really knows how to yeah. compete. Completely right. And um, Isner is another which, one who went to college. Which I think is true. Uh, not neither player I yeah. particularly like, but like to their credit, like, you know, had a couple of different stages of their career. Yeah, they've scratched out like 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 very respectable careers to be proud 100%. of. hundred percent. Sure. And you know, everyone famously for yeah. anybody who doesn't know, John McEnroe played at Stanford. Um Arthur Ashe, yeah. I believe, played at UCLA. Like there was a couple who um, you know, who right. made tennis more of a sort of there was a staging ground in in the collegiate ranks god knows it would make college tennis much better if people sort of treated it as a way to get um you know from one to the other and also i think you could just make the argument that as human beings and this kind of speaks to what we're just talking about with a whole idea of like what will result in the best tennis out there i would think like what results in the best tennis out there is like also what probably makes for the healthiest human beings yeah which is maybe not somebody who's been beaten by their dad at like, <laughs> right. and pushed into a career competing like emotionally and beaten like, by his, you don't mean actually beat by her dad. oh and i think mary i think mary pierce's dad like actually beat yeah. her i think that was like a fact right. but oh, like yeah. in some cases emotionally but like either way you know how many 17 year olds should even have like driver's licenses frankly right. much less have control over like a multi-million dollar sports apparatus largely uh, you know aided and abetted by like parents and personal hangers on who are maybe not the best possible yeah, you know, people to steer a long-term totally. endeavor. Like, I think people get lucky, but I think there's also a lot of people who just crash out and have terrible experiences. Yeah. For what? For them to like be on the tour, you know, two or three years early. Right. Like, I don't know that McEnroe played all four years, so I think no, maybe I the think, idea that like they yeah. could play a couple years, have that be the stepping stone, right. totally makes sense to me. And I think you're right. Like, I think it would make better tennis, but more importantly, like probably happier, happier Pe- people, people who would like, which are nice. It's nicer to watch, like happier people. I think in the long run. Um, totally. Like seeing people melt down. There's like a car wreck, kind of part to it, but it's just yeah. sad to see people kind of uh, throw their careers away. Like Tomage is like throw he's past just like um like it yeah, like a like troubled young player he's like that. it's like going away he's throwing it away yeah he's throwing it away so bernie tomic one of the australian cohort of like incredibly talented dudes i think is tomic of like czech descent uh i think so i know he's yeah. like an immigrant to australia yeah. which is only important because it kind of like increases the sort of australian disdain for immigrants plus he's kind of a jackass so he of all of them kakanakis and curios being the other like sort of notable too has been the one who's the worst behaved remember we talked about how he got into it with a fan and like told a fan to like fuck off during the u.s open i believe it was last year gotten um like he he throws he doesn't throw matches like for money but he has totally tanked 
and it happened again this this week at Wimbledon. He basically was like, I don't care. Losing in the first round is the same to me as winning. Then, uh, um, uh, I get paid either way. I never have to work again. I know. It's like a, it's like a, he's becoming like an angry Saffin, which is like Saffin kind of clearly lost his passion towards the end, which was heartbreaking because he was like a legit so animal out there. <laughs> like could have yeah, been an all-timer. No, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you kind of got the sense that like Saffin was like, whoa, I'm rich and all these chicks are super hot. Right. And also, I mean, he which is won a majors. different kind of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And he won majors. Yeah. But like, it's a different kind of like, oh, this guy is loving something. Right. It's just maybe not the tennis court. Yeah. Right. Whereas Tomic, you kind of get the impression like he's like, eh, nothing feels the same. I'm totally numb. Right. What am I going to do is, with my. Yeah. Which is sad because super weird game, like as weird as it gets, his strokes. And so, um, and I just like, I mean, I think we both like seeing weird weird oh totally i love the anomalies i wish he were i wish he were happy out there but he's obviously not yeah Um, and his dad sort of famously also is like why he's basically a jackass like his dad's terrible and i think he's gotten kicked out of tournaments so it's just like dude had that guy gone to college maybe you could hope though some you know stern but loving kind of like uh coach from friday night lights type of guy would have taken him aside and given him like a lot of like deep and meaningful talks and meaningful eye contact and gotten him I don't know, get gotten his head right. Cause it's like, you know, I don't know about you cause we both played in college, but it was pretty clear to me anyway that like the pro career was never remotely accessible to me given my talent. <laughs> yeah. I, I think as a, as, as a below average D3 <laughs> tennis, tennis player who wasn't on the horizon, but yeah, go ahead. So like, it's not like I even look at these players and I'm like wistful, like, Oh, that could have been me. No, it couldn't. Like, I don't think that at all. Right. But it is kind of like, Oh man, what it must feel like to be that talented, but not but hate it that's actually what i feel more i don't feel like i wish i were that talented i feel like oh that's so sad that you have that gift but it's just something that's not making you happy yeah i mean like the amount of self-sabotage is hard like when uh even who i think is very likable um uh uh melted down in that u.s open what was it a or semi like that was just like classic self sabotage where like this guy clearly has a fear of succeeding i mean that's sort of a cliche but it's like something close to that and mm-hmm. uh it just sucks it would be really fun if he was in finals and, and won majors which i think is oh yeah he could have the game would be better yeah. if guy Monfils was a regular contender yeah. in majors because yep. he's awesome and he's hilarious and he's actually off the court like a super nice thoughtful yeah. like he's really cool like he and victoria azarenka actually are like really good friends. yeah yeah there were some pictures this week of Instagram where he like came over and like visited her baby. It's and, great. Like, you know, he's, I think he's a cool dude yeah. and he's, his game is awesome, but he just like kind of can't pull it together for the big matches, which is a different kind of self-sabotage yeah. than the guy who just shows up and is like, whatever, I'm just collecting a check. Right. See you next week and wherever. Totally. It could be, you know, Dubai or it could be Indianapolis. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. Right. It's just like, whoa, dude, what sucks in your life that that's not yeah. cool. And like, maybe it's been spoken about. Cause also with, as Ranka coming back and playing really well and with Federer taking all that time off um, for injuries and rehabbing and stuff, it's been suggested that the tennis world allow people more time off, more sabbaticals, because even if it's not injury related, the idea that you can just sort of reapproach things with a fresh attitude right. or, you know, just the idea that you could like, I don't know, go to an ashram for six right. months and just, you know, well, get your head in a different space and then come back and enjoy it again. That feels like something that they should encourage. Cause again, the tennis would be better. Right. That would be great. If it like froze your, you could freeze your ranking and like a, like a one-time thing you could mm-hmm. do what Federer was kind of forced to do, 
with his injury. Yeah. yeah, I would I would be behind that. Um, yeah, I feel like it would be, you know, we, uh, the game would be better for yeah. it, I think. One, uh, did you see about Azarenka that in a pr- press conference, someone asked her, like, did Federer inspire you? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't hear the question. <laughs> I didn't hear the question, so maybe this is a mischaracterization because it's pretty dumb, but he, you know, they, they said, you know, did Federer inspire you to ha- have a kid? And, you know, she started the answer with, like, well, it's really great, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, she was like, yeah, he didn't inspire me because it's pretty different. <laughs> and to his credit, he said he said that as well. You know, like, like I was just there supporting my wife, and like where she's actually like doing it. Um, right. Yeah. It was pretty, like as someone who's like seen my wife, like it is pretty different. <laughs> oh yeah, even as like the same sex partner of a woman yeah. who bear, bore our only child to date. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to make too much of a you know. Yeah parent martyr out of myself yeah. you know what I yeah mean? yeah it it's like very... victoria's rank not only like birthed a pup but she's out playing day in and day out and probably having to do some like breastfeeding you yeah. know what i mean it's like yeah roger Federer's great he and his staff of 10 nannies right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> also Rebecca seems like she can handle shit like she she seems like someone who's like who can handle four kids oh i would i would address my career and my i would interest Merca basically with like the western world i don't know why she's not uh, you know, running the G20. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Merka Federer can get whatever done she needs to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, on that note, all right, Merka sure. Federer, that's who I'm hoping will win Wimbledon. <laughs> Just once. Could it be Merka Federer? That would be, that. Would let, like, let, like, what if after all this time he retires and he's like, all right, it's her time. Yeah. <laughs> she comes totally. back. Oh, that would be great. I mean, look, she was representing Switzerland in the Olympics. Yeah. And the Hopman Cup. Right, like she was, she's, she good. was a pro. Yeah, right, yeah. right, and not not just. I mean, she was like a pretty good pro. Um, yeah. All right. Could happen. All right, Caitlin. Crazier things. Yeah. All right. So, shall we check in after the tournament to see if, as we as we are hoping, right, it lives up to expectations? I hope so. I hope so. Uh, yeah. Have a good one, Caitlin. <laughs>